up next on NHL Fantasy on Ice. The goalie master stops by and he has all the answers. Potential injury replacements for key fantasy players on the shelf. Top waiver wire targets and daily fantasy locks. It's NHL Fantasy on Ice. Jensen and Rob Reese here with you talking fantasy hockey on this Friday morning. Snowy Friday in New York City, Rob, but we made it in, thankfully. Two huge injuries in fantasy right now between Sidney Crosby and Andre Vasilevsky on Thursday. Sidney Crosby expected to miss about a week. The problem that is glaring from a fantasy standpoint, there is no in-house replacement option. Luckily for Vasilevsky, there is, but we will let the goalie master get more in-depth on that. For Pittsburgh, though, there is something off about that team this year. We saw them get lit up against the Tampa Bay Lightning on Thursday. So in terms of in-house replacements here for Crosby, not seeing a whole lot. What jumps out at you maybe outside the house? Well, Derek Broussard is on the mend. It sounds like he's going to probably return in the next couple of games, so keep an eye out on that. Another guy worth noting for Pittsburgh, he's not a center, but Tanner Pearson comes over in the trade from the L.A. Kings. Uh, the other day. So that's significant. He's playing already with Evgeny Malkin and Patrick Hornquist. But as far as the center options around the league, I'm looking at maybe like a Kerfoot from Colorado. He's been scoring in droves on their second line. There's also Cody Eakin, which was a home run pick by us the other day on the show. Two goals, one shorthanded for Vegas, playing with Pacioretty and Tuck. So two guys, short-term streaming options that I would look at there. Victor Arvidsson for the Nashville Predators, big-time injury. He's going to be out six to eight weeks. And this is a player that finished top 100 in fantasy the past two seasons, delivering big-time consistency in goals and shots. This one's a little bit easier to replace from a standpoint that it'll be Kevin Fiala expected to play on that top line with Ryan Johansson and Philip Forsberg. And we saw Fiala in the preseason on that same line have six points in four games. Yes, it's the preseason. You can even quote Allen Iverson on this and say practice. I mean, it's basically practice, and we're talking about practice, but... Fiala is a player that's capable of producing. I have no problem slotting him in as a direct IR replacement for Arvidsson. I want to see how this impacts the power play because also P.K. Subban is out. Uh, we don't know the timetable right now, so and it's an undisclosed situation for Subban. So their power play was already the worst in the league. They didn't score again. They're 0 for 15 in their past three games. Nashville, one of the best teams in the league, can't get it going on the power play. Do they work Fiala into the first power play equation? That's what I'm looking to see. I like the output from him, four shots on goal on Thursday after being moved to that line with Johansson and Forsberg. So... I'm looking at him for Saturday as a must-own DFS player and season-long formats as well. you got to take a chance because the timetable for Arvidsson is six to eight weeks, so he's not going to be back for a while. And I think that point is the one to drive home here. It's going to be a long-term injury, so give Fiala a chance. It looks like early in the season he lost his confidence in a little bit, maybe clutching the stick too tight like they always say. I trust Fiala to have a nice short-term resurgence. We'll see if that continues, but give him more than a game before you drop him after not having a point, right? Right. And one guy, Rob, that we have to start looking at differently after only one game is Anthony Beauvillier. He had a hat trick, four points against the Rangers. I loved his comment during the second intermission. It said, beating the Rangers, 
snowing outside. It feels like Christmas right now. He is a hot waiver wire commodity after one game. I expect them to eventually get another shot with Matthew Barzell. He did all that damage on the third line, but he's someone to look at as a potential short-term replacement, maybe for Crosby, center right wing, or even Victor Arvidsson. But yeah, he's someone to look at. There's something that really intrigues me about that Islanders team, but overshadowing everything I believe is the Andre Vasilevsky injury. It's reportedly a broken foot, which would be an extended period of time, especially for a goalie. But who knows more about goalies than our friend? And look, he's got the top 25 goalies hot off the press after the Vasilevsky injury. Without further ado, it's David Satriano, the goalie master. <laughs> I mean, I know it's, like it's Christmas in New York here with the snow, but who needs Christmas carols when you got that flute and everything? So, I mean, it's great. I love hearing it. I love being here. So, uh, yeah, let's get right to it with Vasilevsky. I mean, Louis Domingue is obviously the backup and who they have it, their in-house replacement. We know we saw what he did yesterday against the Penguins. He had, was solid in the second and third periods. He's going to get wins. The issue is how's the save percentage going to be? How's the goals against average going to be? But Tampa Bay can score. We know about their power play. So he's a guy that if he hasn't been picked up, he's probably a good option, especially because of Vasilevsky. If he's got that foot injury, it'll be a while. Most added player over the past day is Louis Domingue for Tampa Bay. You put him into your top 25 goalie rankings without hesitation. So do you have any concerns about how he's played thus far? I know he's been getting the wins. He's 4-2, and two, and he has one of the top offenses on his side and one of the best penalty kills as well. I think as the more when he gets into a groove and gets to play a bunch of games in a row, the numbers will be better. You know, it's tough when you're a backup and you're playing behind a guy who can play 60, 65 games. So I would say the more, you know, when he puts a, a string of games together in a row, he'll, he'll be fine. I think we saw it a little bit last season, Dave, when Vasilevsky got a little bit overworked towards the end of the season. Domingue stepped in, finished 7-3-1 and one with a 9-15 save percentage. But since Pete and I, we actually own Vasilevsky in a league, let's say we pick up Domingue. Let's say he's still available. The question I have is, can we start Domingue against these high-octane offenses in the Pittsburghs? in the Minnesotas right now, in the San Jose Sharks, maybe the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, do you trust him to get those games, get those Ws? I would say in most nights, yes, because of just how good their offense is. But if you have another option that check the schedule, see who they're lining up against, because like you said, wins are one thing, but you also need to make sure you're not going to get the shutouts if he's playing the Pittsburghs, the Torontos. So it depends on the schedule, but I like him. You know, the more games he plays, I said, you know, a couple in a row, he should put together a nice string here for the Lightning, who are one of the best teams in the in the league. Now, Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh had a power play showcase on Thursday night. Unbelievable yeah. stuff, especially from Braden Point with the natural hat trick in only one minute, one minute and 31 seconds. So impressive stuff there as the Lightning came back to win. As far as outside replacement options for Vasilevsky, who's at the top of your list based on your rankings? Well, there's a couple of guys. One would be David Riddich of the Calgary Flames. 
He's been playing really well when he's been given the chance. I think he started five of the past ten. And Mike Smith, another loss yesterday. So they could turn to Richmond. His goals against is under two. I mean, the team seems to play better in front of him. He's confident right now. And he's not owned really at all because people still think of Mike Smith as the Mike Smith of old, which he's not. So Riddich is a, probably a number one guy I would target. And, you know, there's a good chance he might be taken in your league. If so, I like uh, Koskinen on the Oilers because Cam Talbot's really been struggling. I mean, he hasn't been the same in the past two years uh, after that amazing season where he played, you know, 72 games, had 40-whatever wins. But Koskinen, the guy hasn't been in the NHL in five, six years, whatever it is, and he's four and one. His goals against is great. He's getting the wins. He's playing great when they're giving him the chances. And I think he's a guy that who is not owned really at all, and I think he's a great ad if you need goalie help. Did you know that Koskinen is six foot seven? I did not know that, no. Can you imagine this guy walking out of the tunnel? You're looking up. You're like, who the hell is this guy? You thought Bishop was tall. Yeah, yeah right. Ben you Bishop. thought Ben Bishop was Jeez. tall. But no, I. what about the Battle of Alberta on Saturday? We might see Koskinen go head-to-head against Riddick. Is the winner of that game going to be crowned as the Albertan king for goalies moving forward? Yeah, that's a that's a good one. I uh, That'd be great if they both start because they're both having really great seasons and uh, but, yeah, I think you're right. We'll have to give give the nod to that. It's probably a three-game series, right? They play each other a bunch of times, so we'll uh, we'll let that one shake out. Now, this is an interesting fan question on the topic of goalies for Dave and for us. Uh, this guy's in need of advice. He's at TerryGuest29. He's a Vasilevsky owner. He needs a replacement. There's Carter Hutton. There's Craig Anderson, Roberto Luongo. They're available as well as Deming. So out of those Three, four guys, who are you looking at? Uh, first, I actually would take Carter Hutton in that spot. I mean, he's played really well, especially recently for the Sabres. You know, Buffalo, How obviously they've had these issues in the past where they can't score, but Skinner has, what, 12 goals in you know 11 games. They're scoring. The defense is playing a lot better. Hutton is winning, I think, and he's a starter, even though they have Olmark. You know, he's a guy that's going to start, so I would take him. But if someone, you know, picks him up or – you know, he, he doesn't like that route, then Deming would probably be the second best one of the group there. But you always want to have a guy who's going to start, and I think Hutton's played really well for Buffalo, so he's the guy I would I would go after. I'm surprised that Hutton and Luongo are available in his league. It might be like one of those eight-team leagues or something like that. It's very surprising to have those that quality of starters available. But You're I'm right. with you on Hutton over Luongo, and the reason is simply because of the consistency of starts. Luongo could get banged up for another week. It could turn into two or three weeks. That happens a lot during the season throughout the past four or five. Plus, he's 39 years he's old. 39 so, years I mean, old. these things are going to happen. Right, exactly. So, I like Hutton, too. In Buffalo, 6-6-1 winning percentage right now, sixth place in the NHL. I don't think a lot of people saw that coming. No, they didn't. And, you know, when... When uh, Chad Johnson left and Robin Lanner left, people were saying, you know, who are they going to bring in? Whoever they bring in, it's just a rotating thing of goalies. It's going to be the same situation. But give credit to Buffalo. They improved their offense. They improved their defense. And, you know, Hutton obviously saw something, reason he wanted to go there besides starting. And so far it's worked out well for both sides. And I would have said Luongo prior to Thursday night, but that team went off the rails in the third period against the Columbus Blue Jackets, who dropped seven on them. So that was a shocker. That kind of makes you look, in addition to the age concerns for Luongo, that makes you look at the Panthers a little bit differently. And that's how the goalie landscape changes. It only takes one game for you to change your opinion. One other fan question that I really liked from at random 91029 on Twitter. We see you. Thanks for the question. 
Would you drop Thomas Grice for Louis Domingue since Vasilevsky got injured? Grice has been great and is getting back-to-back starts, but having Tampa Bay starter is tempting because of the team security. That's a really good question. Uh, I own Thomas Grice, but if Louis Domingue were available in my league, I would make that flip because he, he nailed it. I mean, I don't know why he needs our advice here. He said it exactly right. You want a starter, he's Tampa Bay has everything going for them. You know, the Islanders, it's nice what Grice is doing, but like you said, he's he's got to split some starts. He's not going to win every game. Deming is the better option right now. So, yeah, I would I would drop Grice for, for Deming. We alluded to some of the parity that's been going on in the league over the past few weeks. We saw Florida collapse, like Pete mentioned. Columbus has really turned it on. As soon as Philly looked like they were turning it on and Brian Elliott was getting going, they get shut out by the Devils. So who do you look for on this six-game slate for a Friday that stands out to you as a safe goalie option that could rack up the W? So there's one game I'm really circling, and that's the Capitals against the Avalanche because Philip Grubauer has been confirmed to start against this former team. We know how he did last year during the regular season. He stumbled in the playoffs, and that's when Braden Holpe took over. Um, He got shipped to Colorado. He's going to start today. So you know in the back of his mind he wants to get that win, but also he probably won't be facing Holpe, who's injured, so he'll have a good chance against Phoenix Copley. Um, and I think Grubauer, just this for him is a game he's circled on his calendar. He wants to win. He's played well, and I think Colorado is you know playing well right now. Washington's kind of up and down, so that's who I want. I like him as well on Friday night, but I was a little bit worried looking at it on paper because he's only played one game in the past three weeks. So... This Colorado situation, you know, Varley's been up and down lately. They're a great home team, and they're an even better road team than they were last year. So with this home game against the depleted Capitals, is that, that's pretty much the overriding factor, though. Yeah, in three weeks, yeah, it is a long time. But I think, like I said, this is a game he, he's going to wake up for this. He wants to show that, hey, maybe you made the wrong move. Oh, no, you did make the wrong move. I helped you win the Stanley Cup, the Stanley Cup last year, and I'm back. And I think he's gonna he's gonna be uh, a, a great a great option tonight. He was the guy Grubauer for the Capitals last year that got the momentum going heading into the playoffs. He faltered in the first two games, but he was the guy over those final ten to twelve games of the regular season that got that team hot at the right time of year, and then they proved their resiliency in the playoffs. And if you look at them right now, how much do you think they wish they still had him? Because Holpe's been struggling, and he's hurt now, and you have to rely on a backup who he got his first two or three wins this season. And, you know, do you want that guy to carry the load? So they're probably looking right now saying, hey, maybe we shouldn't have, should have uh, re-signed him. So a lot going on there they tonight. Pump the brakes there, Dave. They called up Ilya Samsonov from Hershey, the savior of the franchise, coming up to Denver. So he could get into action there. I wouldn't be surprised if they have another tough outing with Copley if they go to Samsonov, give the rookie a game, see what he's got. Another thing to look at for in that Capitals game uh, working against them is that TJ Oshie and Evgeny Kuznetsov are both uncertain for the game. Yeah, having those guys out can only help. I mean, Grubauer, you know, the fewer offensive talented players you have out there, uh, the better. So I think Grubauer is the choice tonight on the six game. What about Los Angeles? Cal Peterson comes out of the woodwork. As I know you were getting chirped on Twitter, by the way, so shout out to yeah, that, 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 that Twitter follower. I don't I, have I his was, name, but he I don't was, either, but he was, he was, he was coming up, at you. That, this guy, he said... That was why the guy would, from Norway, right? I think it was a guy from Norway. He <laughs> says, why, why should I pick up Peter Budai, who's you know the backup, when he has been outperformed in the AHL by Cal Peterson? So I said, 
you know, I mean, he's he has been, but let's look at the facts. Budai is he's a veteran, he's a proven guy. He's he did this two years ago. He filled in for quick. Uh, I'm not saying the results are going to be the same because he was great, but this is why they signed Peter Budai. Had that third string goalie for insurance in case injuries or a poor play or anything. So he wasn't good in his first start, but I think. As long as Quick and Jack Campbell are out, that Budai is going to be the guy. P- Peterson may get a, a start or two, but Budai is the guy there. If you're going to choose one of the Kings guys, which is always risky because we know they have scoring issues and they're just not good right now. But that's a reality. You've got to look at those guys because this season is unlike last. Last season, you could have played the goalie waiver wire. You could have had five different gold knights to choose from alone, you're right? right? There was a lot more goalies out there available. This season, you're so limited in what you can get. So for fantasy owners that maybe didn't, they overslept yesterday, they didn't get the Ming, they're out of luck, and they're looking at Cal Peterson or Peter Budai right now. You're right, and if you're looking at those guys, Budai is probably chosen or taken already just because of the two injuries, but if you need someone like Peterson, maybe he'll get you a start a week or something, or if you need to stream him, he'll definitely be there, but... Yeah, you're right. If you if you slept in because of the snow and woke up this morning and need some goalies, you might be in some trouble, my friends. Now, Dave, before we let you go, Saturday slate, 11 games, so many goalies to choose from. Who are you penciling in and building your lineup around? This is guy is my lock of the weekend, Sergei Bobrovsky for Columbus. They're playing Carolina. He had an awful start to the season. I think he's allowed one goal in five of his past six starts. Columbus is playing really well right now. And his numbers in his career against Carolina, I think he has a 2.16 goals against, like a 930 save percentage. He's locked in. They're playing Carolina. Columbus is playing well. I'm going for Bobrovsky. I'm even going to double down on that. I think Bobrovsky's winning the Vesna this season. After It's always the goalie that that gets off to a slow start, torches it. He's he's a pretending UFA, by the way. He's going to ride off into the sunset with a bag of money after this season. That's That's a bold call, but, you know, he's playing well, really well right now, and... You're right. It's all it takes is a, a, a you know a good solid month or two. You're right back in the conversation there. In terms of Vezina finalists or front runners right now, for me it's Freddie Anderson. He's carried me. I've picked him twice in the past week and a half. And Dave, before the show, we were talking about his dishing ability as well. He had that long outlet pass and got the primary assist on Mitch Marner's goal. I was watching that game yesterday. Anderson, he was finished fourth in Vezina voting, which most people don't know because usually you just hear of the top three. He's been playing really well. And yeah, the thing that stood out to me yesterday was he gets the puck behind the net, he throws a little lob pass, and Marner makes you know an amazing move and scores. But Marner, as soon as he scored, he went right to Anderson and said, that was on you. And that pass was great. If you're getting a guy that can his, he can play goalie like this and also help out offensively, that's a, that's a pretty good uh, spot you're in right there. Amazing performance so far this season from Freddie Anderson, and we hope your amazing performance from last show continues into the weekend. Thanks so much for joining us, Dave. We always appreciate you having us. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. I don't know how I can top last week's, but we'll try. It was great to be in the presence of the goalie master yet again. And for anybody out there wondering what he's like in the office space, the guy is a legend. I can tell you last week he puts his name and someone else's name in a turkey raffle for Thanksgiving. (laughs) The guy won twice. Not one turkey, but two. Dave is coming home with a goodie bag full of turkey. 
Hopefully he delivers the same in terms of money for your DFS picks. Yeah, hopefully you can have a big Thanksgiving dinner on Dave or on one of us from our picks this weekend. Our picks did well the past couple of days between the two network segments and the Wednesday show, so we're looking forward to keeping it rolling here. So Friday's games, there are six games on the slate. We'll get to our DFS picks now and sprinkle in some uh, of our thoughts on the games. I'm starting off with Alexander Kerfoot, 4,700. He has eight points in his past six games with four on the power play. Uh, The Avalanche secondary scoring has uh, lit a fire these past couple of games. Soderberg was a nice pick by you the other day. The top line continues to roll, and they're a dangerous home team. I'm actually going with the goalie master's advice. I built my lineup before the show around Philip Grubauer, and I'm also sprinkling in Alexander Kerfoot for the Avalanche. The depth scoring come, came back, and we were talking about that for that game in particular against Boston. We said that they need on both sides those depth scores to get going, and boy, did they ever. Another beast secondary score with Tyson Barry back on the first power play. Sam Gerrard has five points in his past five games with four on the power play. So even when he's been on the second unit, he's been lighting a fire. And he's got, depending on who you think is going to win versus Caps or Avalanche, Sam Gerrard's price right now, $3,900 for Friday. Keep an eye on that one. If you want to spend up for one of the elite defensemen, spend down for Sam Gerrard. Another great storyline for Friday is Tyler Sagan hosting the Boston Bruins. He always plays well against his former team. Nine points in 11 career games since that trade a few years ago. And he averages more than 4.4 shots on goal per game against his former team. So I like the exposure to Sagan with Radulov, who came back from injury. Goal and five shots on goal the other night on Monday. And he's only $6,000. No brainer. Get Alexander Radulov in your lineup on Friday night. Okay, it's funny you said that. I have Jason Spezza in my lineup for $5,100. 11 shots on goal over the past four games, including nice. a goal. Big-time production from Spezza in terms of DFS value. So I'm, I'm staying on this depth scoring train. I'm not getting off of it. Now, defense, I'm going with Rasmus Ristolainen. So for the Sabres, they're facing the Winnipeg Jets, and it's not going to be Connor Hellebuck. It's going to be Laurent Brassois. So that's he's played really well this season, but I do expect the Sabres to keep their scoring ways going, playing really well right now offensively. And Jeff Skinner is also a decent price point. I believe 6600 for a guy that has 12 goals in his past 11 games. Since that line change going with Eichel, we're still talking about that. He hasn't cooled off in his contract year. That is one of the elite players that you've got to be having a look at for your lineup night in and night out. For me, though, I've got to build a fortress around this next pick. I'm going to get flack from the producer, from the intern, from Dave. This is very unpopular, and I do, I do, I will say, I do keep an eye on the Capitals, but for my defenseman pick, there's not value on this slate. I already talked about Sam Girard, so if you think the Avs are winning, pick Sam Girard. If you think the Caps are winning, you have to present an alternative and look at Dmitry Orlov. He's the same type of value on the other side for $4,200. If there's any saving grace for the Caps, it's that Orlov had a multi-point game on Tuesday and then another goal 
on Wednesday. So he's on fire. He's playing 27 minutes a game. So if you feel like you're getting any love for the Caps here, you'd look at Orlov as the guy to step up and get some of that depth scoring going. I'd rather spend a couple hundred more, honestly, and take Ristolainen for 4,600. He's back on the first power play for Buffalo. Exposure to Eichel, exposure to Skinner, exposure to Reinhardt, and 32 shots on goal over his past 10 games. You wrote about him this week. He's still at a good price point in DFS. He is at a great price point in DFS, and you got to love Buffalo right now. So that is a trend I do not mind hitting on. For my goalie on the DFS slate, I do have Cal Peterson slotted in almost as like a comedy pick for $7,200. But let's be serious about this for a moment. If they turn to Cal Peterson, it is his best chance to win a game against the Blackhawks who cannot score for the life of them. That's so true. It was a low-scoring game the other night between the Blackhawks and the Blues. I finally got my – I know you were saying, are we throwing darts here on the Blackhawks? But I, I hit the, uh, you know, I hit the... Uh, By a fluke. I mean, they shouldn't even... It was an own goal, and St. Louis should have scored five. They rang so many pipes. I mean, it was a, it was like throwing darts. Yeah, so, it, was, it was a bullseye, yeah. though. Shut out for Corey Crawford. So I'll toot my own horn on that one. I like that pick. Alex Tuck, I know you like as your wing for the night. Why? His production. He, I actually said this live the other day. His fantasy value is higher for the remainder of the season than his line mate, Max Pacioretty. I know that's going to rub people the wrong way because of we've been saying to be patient with Pacioretty. Alex Tuck has found a new gear. His shot volume is high. His goal volume is high. And that second line that you mentioned with Cody Eakin has been one of the best lines in hockey over the past two weeks. Cody Eakin stacked with Alex Tuck is very affordable. Eakin still only 4400 We picked him the other day. Keep rolling him out on that line. Pacioretty finally gets in the assist column. Two assists the other day. His first two assists of the season. I wish we still had the goalie master here. I want to get his thoughts on Marc-Andre Fleury's pads. Have you seen those things, the gold pads? Awesome. Statement. And he has a sick mask, too. Totally sick mask. He was in the drive-thru getting Krispy Kreme donuts after the game. (laughs) The guy's a legend. He gets an A-plus in my book. Krispy Krispy Kreme is my favorite. So Toronto Maple Leafs. Anaheim Ducks, I did want to touch on the Tavares-Marner duo, how good they've been on the road. They're on the second of a back-to-back, so it's going to be Garrett Sparks before we move on to the Saturday slate. But John Tavares, Mitchell Marner, each has 17 road points. In my lineup, I spent up for John Tavares on the road against the Ducks. Yeah, there's nothing to say about that. They're elite players. They bring it every night. Let's look at the 11-gamer Saturday slate. A lot of big-time action. We won't go into every single game. A couple, though, that I do have my eyes on, and I have to shout out somebody in this room right now, Reed Keller, production assistant for the NHL, big-time Devils fan. I, I hate to put that out there, Reed, but you are. Let's call a spade a spade. <laughs> he was telling me to say, to fade Brian Elliott because we have Brian Elliott in the league. I thought it was a great home spot for Elliott against the Devils. Keith Kincaid went in there and shut them down. 3 nothing shutout for Kincaid. Three shutouts on the year, tied first in the NHL. You didn't even get a chance to sit down in your chair this morning before he was over by our desks chirping you. He came out of nowhere. He literally, he was waiting for me. He came out of the kitchen and surprised me. He was like, Rob, Rob. I was like, what are you doing, Reed? You've been here since 7 a.m. waiting to talk to me about this. So you were talking about the Devils Flyers. So the Devils, quietly, you talked about Marc-Andre Fleury. He leads the NHL in shutouts with three, tied with Keith Kincaid. Keith Kincaid's been all over the place, but still has that big game DFS capability any given night, even on the road in this case. Best NHL Twitter follow in the league is Keith Kincaid, hands down. Say nothing else about him. 
He was even saying something to Sidney Crosby the oh, other day shit, after his injury. That's a, little, that's a little shaky territory. But Keith Kincaid, you got to love his confidence and what he brings to the table for the Devils. He's been so much better than Corey, than Corey Schneider over the past two seasons, hands down. One guy I would pencil in in my lineup on the wing, Andreas Athanasiu. He had a three-game multi-point streak come to an end on Thursday against the Senators, but he still had seven shots on goal. He has been producing high volume of high danger scoring chances in these past couple of games since returning from injury still very cheap in FanDuel I'll counter on that I like William Butcher the third for the Devils the reason I like Will Butcher he's shooting the puck lately something that he struggles to do consistently he has four straight games with multi shots on goal I like that trend to buck and their power play we all know it even without their top line center, Nico Heischer, is very dangerous. And that power play runs through Will Butcher at the point. And with Vatnin out, expected to be out, Butcher's role is going to be elevated and his price very attractive, right around $4,000. So the Devils are without likely Sammy Vatnin, who was injured on Thursday. Also, Nico Heischer likely out. Travis Zajac, we have to at least mention him, since being moved to the top line with Taylor Hall and Kyle Palmieri, has a goal, two assists, and is plus four over his past two games. So maybe a sneaky value play at the center position moving forward in the short term. Total sneaky value play. Be all over that trend in DFS. A day game, interesting game, big-time goalie implications on either side. We have Louis Domingue versus maybe Brian Elliott, maybe they'll go Calvin Picard after Elliott's loss, but it's Lightning Flyers. Deming is probably a must-start after the Flyers' performance on Thursday. He's a must-start, but I could see the Flyers bouncing out of this shell. They've been playing better lately. They got shut out at home. They're going to be pissed off. They had James Van Riemsdyk back in the lineup. He had a couple of shots on goal, no points. He was playing on that third line with Wayne Simmons, so gives them a ton of scoring depth. And he was also on the first power play, one that has underachieved so far. Give him that first game to get his feet wet. I think he's going to come to play, score at least a goal in the second game. And how about the resurgence of Shane Gossespierre and Ivan Provrov, two of the slowest starters among defensemen for the NHL? They are on fire right now, and, and I agree with you. That team, Philly... Is a really hard time. I have a hard time picking against them because they have that ability to score four or five in a period. Now, Sabres at Wild. Sabres are on the second of a back-to-back on Saturday. One guy We already talked about Buffalo. One guy I wanted to talk about is Miko Koivu. Four multi-point games in his past six, playing with Zach Parisi, who continues to churn on the fantasy production this season. And all of a sudden, Minnesota, 11 wins in their past 14 games after the slow start. Is this an elite team right now? Because they sure look like it. It is an elite team, but they have been an elite team. I had them going to the Stanley Cup final last season. The reason I picked them was because they have so much depth at every position, on every line, and my target in this game for fantasy is Charlie Coyle, who plays alongside Miko Koivu. I want that value. I'm not sure who's going to get the scoring, whether it's going to be Parisi, if Koivu keeps this thing going or not. I like Charlie Coyle as exposure to all of their offense. Now moving on to Canadians at Canucks. The Canucks return home after a pretty brutal road trip. One guy I'm looking at in this game, Andrew Shaw. Not many people realize it, but he's been producing lately. He's on the right wing of that line with Max Domi and Jonathan Drouin. So great spot, two fantasy studs. Uh, I'm not looking at Andrew Shaw. I'm not sure many people are either. That one is that's more of an albatross thing uh, than a trend to me. 
I do like the Canucks broad strokes here. They did struggle, like you mentioned, on the road trip. I still think there's a lot of good value at home. It'd be nicer than to play at home. Obviously, you can look at Elite Pete every night on the slate. Elvis, whatever you want to call him. Bo Horvat, same thing. He's on fire. So those are two guys. Pick and choose your first or second line there. Can't go wrong either way. And winnable spot for Jacob Markstrom, who's been running to the ground in terms of the workload, but maybe a bounce-back opportunity for him. Penguins at Senators. So with Crosby out, Jake Gensel is on that first power play with Malkin and Kessel and Latang. Uh, do you view him any differently? Because he's been pretty productive. Eight points in his past 10 games on that third line. After watching him in the playoffs, I always get high on Jake Gensel, but then he doesn't deliver in the regular season. So this is a fade for me simply based on the fact that he's burned me before. It, it's nothing more than that. If his price is right, though, Ottawa is allowing the most goals per game in the NHL for what it's worth. I like that trend for Gensel's favor with the Elevated lineup placement, Panthers at Rangers. So the Rangers were up 2-0 on Thursday against the Islanders, then give up 7 in the loss. But Neil Peon keeps it going, man. And the the Panthers just played here a few weeks ago. I know they kind of had a little bit of a slow start to that game, too. I like a little bit of a Keith Yandel type of play in this. That's my elite defenseman pick of the night. In fact, he had a goal and was a minus four against the Blue Jackets. I'm not sure how that's even possible, but I love how bizarre that is. His points have been coming consistently, and yeah, plus minus doesn't matter in FanDuel, so that's a good thing there. One note for Florida They had 43 shots in that game against Columbus. They outshot Columbus, and they're third in the NHL in shots per game. So Florida's definitely, even with that slip up the other night, uh, they're kind of learning how to win those tough games in the third period, but they have all the talent in the world, and they're trending in the right direction anyway. They're in for a rude awakening when they get off the plane onto that tarmac, and it is freezing cold in New York, but I hope to see them have a good bounce-back spot there. Blue Jackets... At Hurricanes, we talked about the goalie in this one with Bob. Hurricanes right now, mm, little bit hard to say. Looks like they're trending down. Sebastian Ajo's day-to-day with some soreness right now. What do you see in Carolina? Not much. I'm not taking any other players here. They're in a bad slump right now. And Columbus even. Keep an eye out on these illnesses. So Bobrovsky, Artemi Panarin, and Riley Nash all missed the game on Thursday night because of an illness. So something's going around. Clearly, John Tortorella is in the coach of the year conversation with how he's taken all the uncertainty and put a positive spin on it for these Blue Jackets who lead the Metro division. But I'm not crazy about this game, honestly. I'm looking at maybe the Bruins-Coyotes as being an intriguing game, especially if Auntie Ranta comes back. But Michael Grabner is another one of those bargain bin guys, scored another shorthanded goal. The Coyotes have 10 shorthanded goals right now to lead the NHL. And in FanDuel, you get a little bump for a shorthanded point. That is a trend I love. And I think he even scored two shorthanded goals on the same power play. What is that? That's nuts. It's crazy. And Boston's going to be on the second of a back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Uh, after playing Friday night. so I have Galchenyuk in that game for my center, so I just want to throw that in there. He is slumping right now, and I always, this is one of the strategies I use in DFS, when a player, an elite player like Galchenyuk has a couple cool games, his price also cools down, slot him in for around $5,100. You're not going to be disappointed. And I mentioned earlier, so for another team on a sec facing a team on a second of a back-to-back. Nashville faces LA Kings, who are on short rest. I really like Fiala in this game. 
points in each of his previous four games before having four shots on goal on the top line with Johansson and Forsberg. Yeah, I don't think you need to have a good pulse on the league to probably say that to stay away from L.A. in this one. It doesn't really make sense to target much of anybody in that lineup. And I was looking at Kovalchuk's splits because even through their struggles, I've been throwing him to some of my mock lineups, but his road peripherals are bad. He has done the vast majority of his near point per game damage at home this year. So it doesn't get pretty when you get on the road for Kovalchuk and the Kings offense, which ranks near the bottom of the league in power play and goals per game. He loves Sunset Boulevard. Let's look at a listener question for this game at Abe Rempel. Fiala, a good pickup to place Arvidsson. Yes, of course. He asked, though, or rather Bobby Ryan, Kasperi Kapanen, or Tyler Bertuzzi. The kicker is that he plays in a head-to-head hits and keeper league. Mm. The name that sticks out to me on that list is Kevin Fiala. The reason why I like Kevin Fiala, I mentioned it earlier, he has already formed chemistry with those two guys. It's not like you have to keep him at the end of the year. You can get rid of him if he doesn't do anything. And with William Nylander, the deadline fast approaching, Kapanen's value could be headed south. Kapanen has 11 points in nine road games, had two goals Uh, on Thursday night, so against the San Jose Sharks. So you worry about his lineup placement. I do like Kapanen, though, for the long term. If we're talking about just – it depends on what your league format is. How much does it weigh the future years? Maybe you're not going to keep either of these guys. In that case, maybe go Fiala for the short-term help. I'm with that's a great point. If if at the end of the year, if you have a keeper point system where like Kapanen is say one point and like the elite of the elite are like five points, Kapanen would be a no brainer in that mix. Just for me though, the William Nylander thing looming over Toronto right now, that is too much of a risk to say, get this guy in the lineup. It's a home run. Good note, though, on Austin Matthews. He was back skating in a full practice with the team, Maple Leafs, for the first time since his injury. So a return could be on the horizon for one of the best scorers in the NHL. Uh, So two last games, Oilers at Flames and Blues at Sharks. Tomas Hurdles, the big injury note. We already mentioned David Riddick's hot play if he gets the start in the Battle of Alberta. Are you picking anybody from these two games? I'm fading both of these games. I think what you saw with Toronto against San Jose on Thursday, they dictated the tone of the game by being physical. The Blues might try and copy that, so it worries me a little bit, San Jose, going a little skid there. I still like the Sharks in the season long. They're my cup favorite, but right now fading them. Also, Oilers at Flames. The Flames are a team I was high on out of the gate. I've since cooled off on. They've shown way too much inconsistency. I'd like to see Riddick get a good start under his belt to feel comfortable rolling him out going forward. I'm picking Riddick in this game if he starts. He's my goalie pick of the night. Who's yours? Ooh, this is tough for me, but I'm going back to Reed Keller, our production assistant. (laughs) I'm going to ride Keith Kincaid here. The Devils, look, they were 1-9. and And on the road, entering Thursday, while they just got their second win, there's something about that team that seems like they're having some fun. Keith Kincaid, like we mentioned, tripping one of the best NHL players in the game, saying that he hit a brick wall. I love it. I like his audacity. I like that he's a little bit in your face about it. I'm going to ride him while he's hot. Now, for defensemen, 
I'm going with Neil Pionk. He continues to produce on the power play, win or lose. Florida proved they're still a little bit leaky uh, in that. And that was a high scoring. That was the game that uh, Pionk and Zabanajad went crazy the last time. I'm riding the Pionk train on D. Who you got? I've got the same game, just the different team. Keith Yano, like I mentioned, I love that bizarre stat line and goal minus four. Who cares about that in DFS? It's all about the goals. So Keith Yano's got 16 points in 16 games. For under $6,000, that's elite production. And I mentioned it for my forward earlier. I did Alex Galchenyuk. A little bit of a cold streak there. For your center, Pete, who are you looking at? I'm looking at Miko Koivu. I think he's one of the most underrated veteran point producers dating back to the past couple of seasons. He's playing on a hotline with Granlin, who's a point-per-game player through about 20 games so far, and also Zach Parisi. So a great spot for him to get multiple assists any given night. And uh, he's been shooting a very high percentage as well, has, I believe, five of his past 10 points have been on the power play. So he's been producing. I really like what he brings to the table here. And I'm on the same team with you there for my wing. I'm going Charlie Coyle. The reason I like Coyle, I, I alluded to it earlier, a little bit hard to predict which line gets a production there. So get Coyle in the high threes. You can't, you can't miss on that pick. And again, the Sabres are playing Friday night, so they're going to be on the short rest, second of a back-to-back. This is not a good spot for them against one of the top teams in the entire league. Top five right now, Minnesota Wild. Get to know them. They have a lot of players uh, with fantasy work. I will say one thing of caution I just thought of. Buffalo's got a few guys from Minnesota on the roster. That's going to be a homecoming for them. The stands are going to be packed with some Buffalo Sabres jerseys. I think Casey Middlestad even. That could be a big homecoming for him. Something to keep an eye on as sort of like an alternative storyline for DFS. He played college in Minnesota for University of Minnesota. And also Jason Pominville, who's had a nice surprising little season, came over, remember, in that trade a couple years ago from the Minnesota Wild. Good luck to everybody in their DFS contest. I think at this point, if you venture to say, Pete, you could field half and half of both of our lineups and earn some pretty big winnings in the last couple weeks. So be all over the trends. Keep an eye on who's goalie starting for Saturday. And speaking of goalies, special thank you yet again to David Satriano for taking time out of his busy schedule to join us to help break the slate, get the latest trends, give the guy a follow on Twitter, at David Satriano, or even search his name on NHL.com. He covers everything, including games, goalie rankings, and more. He's got video game coverage. He does it all. You can follow Rob on Twitter at NHL Reese, me at NHL Jensen, all of us at NHL Fantasy. We're replying to people all hours of the night. We want to give you the best foot forward for your contest every day of the week. So hit us up. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Audio Boom, you name it. Leave us a review if you get the chance, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to NHL Fantasy on Ice.